Hello, everybody. It's another episode of the That's a Shame podcast. Here we go. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for being a listener of the podcast. Go on over, rate, and review if you have the fucking heart to do something nice for somebody once in your goddamn life on Spotify, on Apple. Wherever else you fucking outcast listen to podcasts, if it isn't those two things. If it isn't those two things, who are you and how many people have you killed? What do you listen to? What do you, are, you, are you on Pandora still? You murderer? What are you hiding? Are you on iHeart, Stitcher, whatever the fuck? What, what are these other things? If you were a podcast distributor, website host, whatever it is, and you weren't Apple or Spotify... Just move on to a different career path. You lost. It's over. Right? Right. <laughs> Starting off chipper and positive. And it doesn't matter because nothing matters in this world, on this planet, where respect that is benign. How are you guys? Woo! I'm in a mood. No, I'm chilling. I had a good, uh, it's today, Monday. I had a good weekend. I did a little bit of a, a road gig featured on the road at, uh, Wisecrackers Comedy Club in Wilkes Bear, Pennsylvania. Apparently I had been saying it wrong the whole time. I thought it was Wilkes Bar. Apparently it's Wilkes Bear named after a person who, um, I don't believe contributed enough to society to warrant having a town named after them. Somebody told me what he did. I forget what it was. Wilkes Bar was settled in 1769 and reached the height of its prosperity in the 19th century when coal reserves were discovered nearby. The discovery led to the city being nicknamed the Diamond City. Let me tell you something real quick. That name doesn't ring true anymore. The things I was seeing there may have been the opposite of what you attribute a diamond to represent. I would contribute it to a piece of coal. Speaking of coal reserves, you know the feeling, you know, just what a piece, of, what a chunk of coal represents in your stocking as a child. Those are the types of people that reside in Wilkes Bear, Pennsylvania. And that's, that's a gross, look, I'm basing it off of, I stayed in a hotel that was inside of a casino, did comedy, that was a club inside of a casino. So I'm basing it off of the population of people I saw in that casino. And casino people are their own breed. I didn't really go out. I didn't meet every, every fucking citizen of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. I don't know. I'm grossly putting everybody into a same, into, into the, I'm lumping them all together when they're not. That's a rude thing to do. They're all individuals. Except for the people in this casino. Look, I haven't spent much time in casinos in my life. Um, and you know why? Because I, they don't appeal to me. I've never bet money in a casino. I've never done it. I've never been to Vegas. If I was there, maybe my vibe would change. I don't know because I was in this one. And look, if you go to a casino to play poker, if you're playing blackjack, that should I get because there's skill involved. You got to know how to play poker. There's strategy involved. You got to be strategic. You got to have a fucking good poker face. Pretend like you got something bad going on when you got something good going on and vice versa. Blackjack, you got to know how to, you know, whatever blackjack entails. Counting cards or, you know, knowing when to not 
hit. What do they do? You hit, you don't hit, pass, check, whatever the fuck. That shit takes skills. Skill. And that was a portion. That was 12% of the people in this casino doing those things. The other 88% playing slot machines, other machines that there's no skill involved. It's just people mindlessly putting coins into a machine and hitting a button over and over again in front in front of a glowing screen. No skill whatsoever. Your idea of a good time is to just press a button on a computer to see if three fucking cartoon characters line up in a row because the algorithm inside that machine decided it was time for it to happen. Where is the excitement in that? Where is the joy? What am I missing? I was walking around that place feeling bad. And not about myself. Because here's the thing. the Luckily, the comedy club, the demographic of people that showed up in that room were a mix of what was in, inside of that casino and also a mix of people, you know, that I don't think are completely wasting their lives. People who seem to have had, you know, maybe have 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 experienced some things, have had some ambitions at one point or another. Most of the people on that casino floor could have died 10 years ago and they wouldn't have missed out on anything. I couldn't believe the level of what is your life have to be like prior to deciding that the tail end of the of the experience on this planet is just going to be you going with drool coming out of your mouth and coins in a plastic cup i'm sorry if some of you people do this and if you do write in and let me know what i'm missing because i can't figure it out the people who play slot machines and it's not even like I get it, the slot machines, you romanticize, you pull the lever, you get fucking rolls, ching, 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 whatever the hell. These don't even, they're just plastic buttons you're hitting, man. At least get on, to the, one, get on the one with the lever. I think the people who play slot machines and just stare at that glowing screen and hit a button and wait for a machine to decide if they win or not might be the lowest form of human on this planet. Obviously, you got your rapists and your pedophiles and stuff like that, but at least those people have some sort of ambition. These people, I mean, obviously with their ambition, they're doing mortifying and horrific shit, and these people aren't really hurting a fly. It doesn't seem like, but it's almost, it's, it's like, it was almost like it, watching people just disgrace the name of living. They all looked like they were in a catatonic state and they needed to be woken up by fucking Robin Williams. I mean, all, everybody, and most, what, what is it about slot machines and having your lips fold into your gums because you're missing teeth that go so well together? What's going on there? That was an interesting pairing that seemed to hold, hold steadfast in my exploration of that casino floor. I don't know, but the shows were good. Um, I did a half an hour on each show and it was good. I had good sets. The room, uh, you know, 
Not a great room. It's uh, basically, you know, it's a room that existed well before anybody decided to turn it into a comedy club. It was probably built with um, convention, sent, you know, like having conventions in mind. It was built for, you know, holding maybe some sort of, you know, um, I don't know, maybe a, an awful Sweet 16 that somebody in the mid Midwest might think is cool to throw, you know, a party for a young gal in a casino. Just high ceilings, cavernous, big. Um, you could fit probably 300 people and there was, you know, obviously not 300 people there because we're in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania and nobody on the show was a uh, incredibly famous person. Also, John Mulaney happened to be in town the first night that we were doing shows, not at that club, obviously. He was at the Mohegan Sun Arena around the corner doing comedy for 8,000 peeps. While your boy was just around the way doing comedy for 60 people and 45 total teeth. And they were, you know, it was fine. It was, it was, it was good. I had a good time. It's cool because um, they don't, those people don't give off. Fuck, dude. Like, I go on stage here, and, you know, sometimes I'm like, all right, what what part of me do I have to kind of hold back and rein in when I'm just not doing bits and I'm kind of riffing and fucking around? What part of me do I have to fucking keep pushed down so I don't get, uh, you know, a white woman coming up to me after the show being like, I didn't say that. That's some white fucking ignorant shit that you were talking about. There, there's no such thing as that. You can fucking, and is it is it great for the development of comedy? No, that's why you don't want to start comedy and do comedy in Wilkes-Bar, Pennsylvania, your entire career. You need to you need to be forced into a corner to come up with great shit. But once, you know, you spend all your time in the corner and you get to get out a little bit, one, you're really ready for it. Two, when you get to fuck around, it's a little bit of a relief. Because I you could just be... Because look, man, I grew up on Long Island. It's, it's the city... And it's the middle of nowhere all combined into one. That's what you get the best of it all and the worst of it. There's incredibly wealthy and there's fucking dog shit broke. Awful people selling pills, selling drugs. And then you have people who have speedboats docked behind their house. So I feel like that's why good, a lot of good comics come from there because you're just living amongst it all rather than just being having your life be one note the entire time and thinking that's what it's all about. That's what it is everywhere else. Um, so yeah, I know sometimes you got to rein it in. And sometimes, uh, you know, when the time is right and you read the room, you can let it out. And I let it out a little bit by dropping, you know, some words that might not go over well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, I say them. Say them anyway, because I don't let people dictate what I do. I'm my own person. I'm an individual. And I'm a goddamn man, first and foremost. A five foot five man, but a fucking man nonetheless. And one of the comics went on stage and he, uh, <laughs> he, he had his fly down for his entire set. And there's something, dude, there is something to be said about how emasculating a man specifically having his fly down is especially on stage because there's something where like dude you couldn't even remember to fucking check your fly why am i gonna buy into anything you're saying into this microphone you're gonna have a hard time connecting with a room of people when your fucking fly is down in order to fucking do very well on stage you got to get the, the room of people to believe that they can trust you and relax and follow you along on this journey when you show up to a fucking comedy show as a performer get on stage and you got 
a hole where your penis should be. That's what's so emasculating about it, especially as a man. It, it's where you have you now have a hole in your crotch, which is essentially a vagina. That's why having to fly down as a man is so is so awful. As a woman, it's not great, but it's worse as a man, I think. And then it's also just like, dude, you couldn't be trusted to remember to fucking zip your shit up after you took a piss. Why do I think you're going to have good ideas and unique opinions that should be shared through a microphone for my 25 hard-earned dollars that I spent on this ticket? Check your fly, people, before you go to do any sort of public speaking or anything for that matter. The comic was actually doing a bit about whiskey dick. I was and I was fucking back there watching him. Like, how would you know about whiskey dick, you vagina having unzipped fly wearing piece of shit? Whiskey dick is a hilarious and unfortunate thing. Is there is there an equivalent for women to whiskey dick? Can women maybe not get wet or something if they get too drunk? But you can, that's the thing about. A not wet vagina can still be used because you can wet it artificially. You can't harden a dick fakely. You know? You can put something hard into a dry vagina if you have a little bit of creativity. You're never going to get a soft peen into a even the wettest of holes. It's just like you're pushing rope, baby. It's going to be a hard time to get it through there. So I don't think it's, if you, you might come at me and say, yeah, you, you know, you might not get, it's, I don't think it's an equivalent. Equivalent would be like if, uh, you know, if a woman drank too much and then they went to hook up with a guy, they took their shirt off and their tits deflated. Oh, how was your night, Becky? Did you fuck that really hot guy from the bar? Oh my God, I was about to. But then I got tequila tits. They were just saggy and limp, and it was so... I put my shirt on and left immediately. I couldn't. He said he was... Uh, he said he looked at me and said, oh, it's okay. I don't mind a fucking deflated tit. Any tit is beautiful to me. I'll suck. I just like a different kind of tit. And this is a different kind of tit. I'll suck on it and have a good time. But I was too mortified. I was too mortified. I put my bra back on, and I fucking went home. Oh, tequila tits. That's how I feel about tits. You don't even have, to me, it's like perfect tits aren't even, that's why fake tits don't really appeal. Don't, like, a perfect tit is fucking almost boring. You don't want any sort of weird shit. You don't want like a tit, you know, covered in pimples or, you know, but big, you know, f- you know, saggy, super plump, low hanging, really high up, you know, split apart, whatever the fuck is just, it, it's great. The only, the, the weirdest shit I ever saw was I was hooking up a girl, uh, with a girl one time and it was the only time I've never been really turned off by a tit and I've seen some wild tits. The only time I was kind of put off was one time. I mean, they were just two completely different sizes and by different sizes, I mean, one was very big and the other one didn't really exist. And that was just, you can have bizarre tits, but let let them both be bizarre in there in the same way. You know what I'm saying? Be balanced with your freakiness. That was the one time where I was like, "This is this is nuts. This is close to like deformity almost." 
where it's like, were your, were your tits coming in when you were hanging out at a nuclear plant? What's going on here? Why are they like this? And maybe some of you ladies might be thinking, hey, what about balls? I know a lot of guys whose balls are different sizes. They hang lower than the other. Balls are not tits. They're not equivalents. It's a fucking, I know they both technically, you know, are appendages that serve a purpose in the reproductive, you know, genesis of human beings or whatever. Tits are a fucking work of art. Balls are fucking sweaty, gross. No one aspires to get to a fucking ball. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple ladies out there who got a weird kink for a sack, but they, there's, there's a reason they don't make clothing for men that just show a little bit of the ball sack. All right. All the clothing is meant to display the tits because everybody wants to see a tit. They're turned on by a tit. Nobody's day has gotten worse by seeing a tit. Many a ball sack have ruined many a people's day. And that's a fact. What else is going on here? The Pfizer CEO says fourth COVID shot will be needed. Shots for young kids could start in May. Is it? The Pfizer CEO, the guy who doesn't have a degree in medicine, vaccines, or virology? A subscription to my Patreon is needed to fight the virus and ward off COVID. Go on over to patreon.com slash Comedy. It's going to be needed. I'm not a doctor. I don't study viruses. But what I can tell you is that something that my net worth is directly connected to is going to be needed to take care of this problem. Shut the fuck up. It's over, dude. They're pulling back all the mandates. They're going to let Kyrie Irving play in New York York soon. It's over. It's over. You lost. You made your fucking 90 billion or whatever. That wasn't enough. You still got to shoot people for it with, with shit for no fucking reason at all. I can't believe I got those two shots, dude. I can't believe it. You had to do it. If I didn't do it, I would have had to be not been like not doing comedy this entire time or do, experiencing life at all. But man, am I glad I didn't get that booster. Holy shit. What a fucking ride we were all taking on, huh? And then the CEO of just these fucking companies that created the vaccine are doing rounds like they're promoting a movie. Oh, you still, you're going to need a fourth, a fifth, a sixth shot for sure. I'm not just saying this because I stand to make billions off of each shot. It's just what it is. It's the God's honest truth. You're going to die if you don't. You're going to die if you don't. You should just trust me. Don't look into who I am and what my money is connected to. And, And the other horrific shit I've done in my life. Have I created products in the past that have been recalled for giving babies fucking cancer and women breast cancer? Let's not talk about that. But let's talk about how you got to inject this thing for the fourth fucking time in less than a year. And not worry about the side effects at all. Let's talk about that. Let's not talk about how Johnson & Johnson had a baby powder that was uh, directly used on infants' asses that was recalled for having asbestos in it. We're good people. Trust what we say. Get the shot a 13th time. And the saddest part is that there are people, for whatever reason, whatever their upbringing was, whatever school they went to, whoever their parents were, who just don't question it at all. For some reason, don't see, hear, 
react to all the horrific shit pharmaceutical companies have done. And they're just like, yeah, no, we need we need the shot. That's what they're saying. What are you going against the science? That's what the people, that's so funny. A lot of people will be like, what are you going to go against the science? It's not the science. It's regular people who started fucking companies that had nothing to do with science and healthcare telling you what you need. And you're just like, yeah, I need it. And if it makes you happy to get it, go get it. I'm not telling you not to not go get it. If you feel, if it makes you feel, if getting it does for you what not getting it does for me, then by all means, go get it. If it relaxes your mind, that it helps you calm down, feel better, feel safer, then go get it. But don't walk around being a person who's like, the CEO of Pfizer said you got to get it. So go get it. Go get it. We should all go get it. And if you don't get it, you're a fucking, you're as bad as the Russians. You're Putin Jr. Enough time has gone by now to where the fact, to where there is proof that if we didn't do any of this shit, any of the restrictions, any of the mandates, the human race would still exist because Florida would be wiped off the planet if it, if it was as bad as some parts of this country thought it was. If it was as bad as a, as a lot of people thought it was and that sanctions needed to be as aggressive as they were, the population of Florida... Would be zero. It'd be a pile of dead bods. Floating in the Tampa Bay. But it's not. You know what you got? You got a lot of Hispanic people partying their fucking dick tips off in Miami. You got a lot of fucking people in the, in the middle of, the, of that state. Who called you gay. If you walked in with a mask on doing just fine. Having said that, I would take one more complete shutdown in New York City just because not because I think COVID is you know really fucking matters I think it was just I regret that I didn't take um I I don't think I took enough advantage of a completely barren Manhattan that shit was sick a couple of times I went out rode my bike I want to do that again I want to fucking I want to do the worm in the middle of 8th Avenue with my ass out I want to walk around the city where with just nobody on the streets that'd be cool again that'd be cool to do again and not for like you know I'm talking about like a a week lockdown, a two week lockdown, whatever. Oh, and I wanted to talk about this. I went out. Have you guys seen Batman? I won't do any spoilers because that'd be a fucking dick move. Um, And and I'm talking to people about it. It seems to be pretty split as to what whether people how they feel about it. I'm I'm on the side of that movie was fucking fantastic. I was blown away. I went with a couple of friends. First of all, it was the first time I went to the movies in. Dude, I think the last movie I saw in theaters was Get Out, which was mad long ago. So I went, I was like, yeah, I like Batman movies, I'll go. Um, you know, I'm like, nothing will ever top The Dark Knight. It'll be, a, you know, maybe a good Batman movie. Pattinson's a good actor. Paul Dano's a fucking great actor. Maybe it'll be good. It'll probably be corny because most things that are remade, you know, you know, have like, you know, minimal effort put into it. Shitty dialogue, corny dialogue, hack dialogue. Um, lazy cinematography. Dude, I was blown away by this movie. People are saying it's too long. I, I didn't, not at one point was I like, I want this thing to end. Let's wrap it up here. And is anything ever, you know, listen, am I going to say that it's as good as The Dark Knight? No, because that movie's incredible. But the fact that I'm sitting here even set, like, 
like mentioning it in the same breath is a huge win for me. And the reason it, it can be is because I, I just really appreciate that they kind of, it's their own thing. They didn't try to emulate and do any of the old shit or things that have been done. It's, it's completely own and unique Batman movie. And, that, and for that, I appreciate him. And Pattinson does a great job. People are like, oh, he's kind of, he's a little too emo. He's like, you know, Panic at the Disco, Bruce Wayne. And I was like, I mean, to me, it was kind of like, isn't this what Bruce Wayne should be? To me, he's kind of behaving like a dude whose parents got murdered in cold blood when he was a child. It kind of tracks. He wasn't some like billionaire playboy who was just out fucking, you know, the Russian uh, dance team or whatever the hell Christian Bale was doing in that movie. The Rockettes he was banging or something. Not Pattinson was just kept to him, kept to himself. Ended up hooking up with Zoe Kravitz at a certain point, you know? That's not really a big spoiler. You knew they were going to kiss at some point. She killed it. Dialogue was great. The cinematography... Dude, I mean, maybe one of the sickest fight scenes I've I've seen in any Batman that they have. Ooh, it's good stuff. Highly recommend. You should definitely go see it. Um, And I didn't really... I thought it was just going to be a standalone movie. It looks like they set it up at the end for going to be a couple of them. At least one more. Uh, And that's exciting. It won't happen for a couple of years, I'm sure. But go ahead and see Batman. Go ahead and rate and review my podcast, please. Um, also, shout out to Kyle Horner. Shout out to Michael Van Over, true producer. Shout out to Nicholas Langren. Shout out to Shane Baraldi. Shout out to John Odgren. Shout out to brand new member. He's not a true producer, but I'll give you a shout out. Whenever you become a new member, I'll give you a shout out. How about that? John Rutherford, shout out to you. Thanks for um, joining the Patreon. I appreciate you. And uh, head on over there for the rest of the episode. Peace.